We got a really, really fun and exciting night for you guys. Um, we have two speakers. We're talking about love within the family. The first speaker, his name is Justin Broyles, and he's awesome. Um, he has charisma about everything, and he's wearing an awesome vest, and he's colorblind. So give it up for Justin Broyles. <laughs> So, obviously, this night is about love within family. And while scrolling through the World Wide Web, I found this cool verse that I thought was very fitting for tonight. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4-7, through 7, and it reads, Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love's, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always projects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now remember this, because I'm going to recite to this later. So, my wonderful, wonderful friend, Elizabeth, asked me over via text message, Justin, do you want to do a speech this weekend? And just kind of like right after track practice, like I'm drowsy. I'm like, you know what? I didn't even think about it. I was just like, heck yes, because why not? <laughs> and so I did. And she's like, make it your story. I'm like, okay. And I honestly wrote a speech. I finished it this morning, but it's not what I want to say. So I got something a lot better. <laughs> so I thought about love within family and what our relationships are, and especially what the relationships I have in my family. So when I first thought about that, like, what other relationships do I have with my parents, my sister, my grandparents, my, my uh, aunts and uncles? First thing that comes to my head, mama's boy. Like, I swear, like, if there was a billboard on the sign that said Justin Burroughs is a mama's boy, like, I would hold that and I would be, like, so honored because that is so true. I love my mother until the death, deaths of the sea and the deepest oceans. You know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> Big mama's boy. But anyways... And I had this awesome relationship with her. I had an awesome relationship with my sister. Like, we did a lot of things together. Awesome thing with my grandparents. But with my dad, you know, that really wasn't a good relationship. You know, it wasn't as good as my mom's or my sister's or my grandma's or my grandpa's. And as a young kid, like, I always thought my dad was a bad guy. Like, he was out to get me. Now, I say that because I would do things with him and he'd be like, oh, Justin, go get the... 20 or 16 metric millimeter. I don't even know because I'm so bad with tools out of the toolbox and we're going to, we're going to change the oil in your truck. And I bring back a, uh, a standard set. He's like, no bleep. Like that's not what I said. And like, as a kid, I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like my dad doesn't love me. Like, and he was my uh, baseball coach back in the day. So I'd always, you know, do the old pitch. I was the old Nolan, Nolan Ryan. And, uh, like, I'd miss a pitch or something bad, and he'd just always rip my butt. I'm like, wow, Dad. Like, I just think, like, hmm, does he really love me? And, you know, as these years have progressed, I found out that, yes, he actually does. But it took a little, it took a little time. It took a little grace. So, in 2015, before I came here, my mom passed away with cancer. God rest her soul. But 
I either look at my father's relationship, his and I's relationship, and like, what do we need to work on? Because now I can't go to my mom and tell her about how my day went. I can't always go and be like, Mom, Dad yelled at me because I mowed the brown grass instead of the green. Like, <laughs> yeah, color blindness sucks. But anyway. <laughs> so, no, no, I'll go off just on a little side note. So last weekend, Black Friday shopping, Bass Pro. I thought this was a green uh, flannel. My dad told me it was brown. And I asked Elizabeth before the speech, she's like, it's tan. I'm like, God bless. So I don't know what color this is. <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's just a struggle even when I go shopping. But besides that, my whole point is, is that I had to sit down and I had to think about how in the world can I express my love towards my dad. And now these tips that I'm going to give you, I want you to use uh, with your sister, your mother, your, like your father, your grandpa, grandpa, whoever you're having, like a, you think a broken relationship that needs to be mended. So, first tip is find something you guys have in common. Now, I understand if it's your grandpa or it's your grandma or if it's your dad and they are super old, <laughs> it's hard to find some common ground because, you know, like, we're all, like, into our technology and my dad's all into, like, these, oh, I'm going to look at the instruction manual in your truck and I want to look it up online. So, you see the generation gap. But out of all these differences that my dad and I have, we have we have some few similarities, and that is football. So each fall of every year, we would, uh, you know, the football team plays across the street. Each Saturday, my dad would come up, and he still does come up, and we watch the games together. Like, we, there's our bond. Every Sunday, when our Chiefs are losing like they did today, we sit there in agony and pain and watch them suffer when they should be winning and just, but we have that bond. So that's, that's my first challenge is find something that you can relate to, whether it be with your mother, your father, your sister, or your brother. Second of all, <clears throat> pray about it. Bring prayer into the presence. So, um, how I do this, um, I just, my dad's always like, who's going to pray at a meal? So like, this past Thanksgiving, who in the world is going to pray? Like, my dad ain't going to pray, I'm going to tell you that much. So, I bit the bullet and I prayed. And like just having God incorporated into your relationship will bring this authenticity and this real lasting relationship that you thought you never would have had. Like it is something amazing. Third of all, <coughs> that's the reason what I'm trying to say now. <laughs> um, first, this was going to be my first point. First, tell them that you love them. Now, as I thought, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, I haven't told my dad I loved him in a while, back in the day. And I was like, it's really weird for me to tell another guy that I love him. Like, it just doesn't add up to me. Especially my own father. Like, but one day I was just like, you know what? Dad, I love you. And he's like, okay. Like, he didn't know what to think. Because he never heard, like, he knows that I love him. But he just had, like, never heard me actually say that to him. And I just kind of was like, Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. After every text, after every phone call, I always say, I love you. And I get an I love you back. And that just brings the incorporation of love. That's kind of like my first kind of step that I took. So that's my third challenge. Is to tell them that you just love them. Because they may not say it back, but they'll feel it. And that will make their, that will change their mind, you know. Um, let's see, what else was I talking about? Um, I think, and thirdly, just, um, sorry, lastly, um, bring 
I said prayer, but also talk about God with your parents or your brother or your sister. With my dad, if something wrong is, like something bad is going on, like his check engine line came on in the car the other day and he was freaking out. And I was like, you know what, dad, like you can't get mad at this. He's like, why? It's like, because God has his way. God has his plan. Like you can't, you can't be upset about it because God has his way. And he's just like, yes. So we both have found peace in knowing that God is our savior and he has reigns over both of our lives, and He controls our relationship. So I want to leave you with a Bible verse that I just read before. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects us, always trusts us, always hopes, and always perseveres. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so this next speaker um, is my best friend, and... um, I feel like a lot of times we all, like, seek adventure and, like, seek doing, like, big, bold things. And, like, she does that, but her story that she's going to tell tonight is really beautiful, um, I think, because she shows us, like, how to be saints in our everyday life. And so thank you ahead of time for, like, your witness and your struggle. Elizabeth Blevins. Can you hear me? Oh, I'm so sorry, Polynick. Don't do anything that upsets Polynick. First rule. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so let me just turn to my package. Okay, so we're talking about love within the family. And you might ask, why did we leave love within the family for the last one? We did that on purpose. Um, so it's December 3rd. Crazy, right? Like, December 3rd. My semester went like that. But, like, it's winding down, and the majority of us are going home to our families. And Christmas is a time of, like, deck the halls and ugly Christmas sweaters and really good food and family and friends. Um, and just like a time of relaxation and glad tidings. But I think it goes without saying that all of our families have their stuff, right? Um, We don't go home, well, if you're anything like me, you don't go home and you're just like, yes, this is the best thing in the world, this is so easy, for almost two months, you know, and no problems. All of our families have their stuff. And I'm not going to stand up here and talk about, I don't know what that is, (laughs) I'm not going to stand up here and talk about my family's stuff but um, I challenge you whatever your family struggles are be divorce death, lack of communication addiction, anxiety depression separation, lack of understanding whatever it is I want you to just kind of bring it to the forefront of your mind not for everybody else to see but just for you to see. 
And as I tell my story, I want you to put your story into mine. I want you to piece your life into my story. So my story begins, rewind, it begins March of 2017, which was like nine months ago. And March is like a time when people are like, okay, yeah, school's like ending, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do during the summer. And my roommate Liz, she had a job in KC, she's working in the hospital. Bravo, just bravo. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend Colin is out in Rhode Island, he starts medical school, just like, my other roommate, Taylor, going to Africa. Like, <laughs> but like, what am I doing? Um, and I brought it into prayer. And I was like, okay, God, give me a desire in my heart. Let me know what I'm going to do this summer. And I dabbled with a lot of things. So at first, I was like, okay, I could work at a coffee shop. And it could be cute. And I could just stay in Florida all summer. With the added bonus of not going home and not facing my family's stuff. And I was super pumped about it. But God said no. And I had no desire in my heart to do that. I came up to Father Nick, and I was like, hey, is there a job at Diddy that I could do? I could just stack papers all summer. I really don't care. Please, just, like, let me have a job here. And he was like, yeah. And God continued to say no. I had no desire in my heart to do that. At one point, Taylor was like, you can go to Africa with me. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And God said no. I had no desire in my heart to do that. And came to the point when I was like, okay, God, you know, it's May, and um, if I was to do something during the summer, I should have already done it. I should have applied. I should be hired and, like, check, but I have nothing. Um, and the only thing that I could possibly do now is just to go home. Is that what you want? And God said yes. And... I didn't like that. <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me of how I was feeling when we were little and we would take Christmas pictures. And you know how you always dress cute and like your pictures are adorable and it's like, oh, your family's so awesome. But um, the morning before we took our Christmas pictures, I found out that my oldest brother, Adam, flushed my Barbie down the toilet. <laughs> and I was destroyed. <laughs> um, we look back at those pictures and laugh because like, I'm smiling, but it's so fake. <laughs> my eyes are puffy. I, my cheeks are, like, chapped from all the tears that are coming down my face. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like, eight years old. Actually, I was probably younger because I was playing Barbies. But, um, no, I was eight. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, when I realized that God was calling me home, I was, like, my eight-year-old self that just realized her Barbie got flushed out into it. I was, like, not very happy, and I was like, okay, my life's in ruins. Um, and I was scared. Um, but with more prayer and more, like, sitting with it, I found peace, so I did go home. And before I even came home, I was asking God, okay, God, what can I do to fix my family's struggles? What can I do? Tell me what to pray. Tell me what to say. Tell me what to do. I'll do anything, please. I just want to go home and have everything be easy. And, um, newsflash, I went home, and everything wasn't easy. Um, the chaos, the struggle, was still there. And I realized I couldn't change it. Because my particular struggle with my family doesn't really have anything to do with me. So, I was asking God, what can my role be in this? How can I fix it? And after I came home and I realized that, mm, my reality is that this stuff is still here. So what can I do now? 
And I understood with a lot of prayer that I couldn't change what was happening in my family. I have an amazing family. I was raised by two wonderful parents. I have amazing brothers. But I have stuff. You know, every family has stuff. And I realized the first time that I can't change that. That's not my job, is to change my family, to fix my family. And so my prayer turned more into, God, what can I change about my heart? And God, give me new eyes to see this differently. Because that's what I can't change. I can change what I see, and I can change the compassion of my heart towards what was already going on. My confirmation saint, her name is Saint Lucy. She's the patron saint of blindness. And I prayed to her a lot. Um, I wrote to her, Saint Lucy, I have so many things that I want to say and so many arguments to make. But you know and I know this is not what is being called of me. God is calling me to love regardless. To love regardless of the situations, of people. Just to love regardless. Pray for me. Help me to love this broken family and this broken relationship. Pray for me, St. Lucy. Give me charity. St. Lucy, give me new eyes to look past mistakes and to see truth. So my prayer turned from, God, let me change this, to God, change me. Change my heart. Give me a new heart. I didn't pray for the chaos to stop, but I prayed for peace among the chaos, among the struggle. <sighs> kind of like a kid who like falls off their bike, and they're really, really scared, and they get like a gash, or it's actually just a scrape, but they think it's a gash. And they're like crying, and they're scared, and they like run to their parent, and their parent doesn't really do anything, but just like holds them, and they feel better, and they stop crying. That's kind of what I did to God like all summer. Like when something was said, and it hurt me, and I felt like, it was this huge gash. It probably wasn't a huge gash. But, like, it hurt me. I felt like it broke me. I, like, went to God, and I, I felt him, and I was okay. And I stopped crying. <laughs> um, and that's kind of vague. So some, like, practical things that I did to, like, piece into the story was when I was at home, and I heard words that were said that hurt me and I knew hurt the people that I loved. I wrote them down. And I referred back to them a lot, and I prayed over them. I prayed, God, like, just be with the receiver of these words. Be with the sender of these words. Take care of this. Be in this brokenness that was in all of it. And this is really fragile, and I don't know what to do with it. So, like, can you handle it? <laughs> Another thing that I did, I didn't close my door when I was home. That's really easy. Like, to just close your door, put your headphones in, text your friends, wish you weren't there. But, like, I was in the living room. I know that seems, like, silly, but, like, sat in the living room. Um, I was present. I allowed myself to be present in that suffering. And in that just, like, daily tension. Like, we all know that. Like, families have tension. But, like, I started to realize that, like, if I'm not here seeing this for what it is and giving these prayers to God, who is? Like, if I'm not seeing this and accepting this for what it is and what it isn't, and then offering up these prayers, these prayers don't exist. Another thing that I did was I wrote to God every day. I told him about the good, I told him about the bad, the happy, the crappy, all of it. 
I allowed him in. I told him about my life. I trusted him. Another thing I did, I watched Formed. Who's like gone on Formed? It's an awesome thing to do over the break. It's really awesome. I paid particular attention to the lives of the saints. I watched movies because I was like, I don't know what to do with my time. So I'm going to watch movies about saints. Um, and I watched how they treated their family. And I watched, how, I watched how they loved regardless of what people said to them or what people did to them. And as time went on, and with like steady prayer, this didn't happen like all in one day, but like I started to feel joy. Not like this watery, like diluted happiness thing that I feel like I'm chasing a lot, but like joy. Joy in knowing that like my hope and my trust is in the person that's never gonna let me down. It's never gonna disappoint me. And kind of crazy, but like in my 22 years of life, the holiest I've ever felt was in my living room. Um, I've been to Seek, I've been to um, Awakening, I've led Bible studies, I've been in Bible studies, I'm in Adoration, I go to Mass, but like the holiest I've ever felt was in my living room. And I'm like, what? It's like you know what's going on or something. It's like you have everything planned. But I was thinking about this aspect of, okay, actually... We can become saints in our houses. Like, we think about martyrs, and we think about, man, I wish I could just, I wish I could just die for God. I have this huge climactic scene where I just give up my life to him completely, and that's it. Like, I'm going to heaven. I died for God. I gave him everything. But, like, we can practice becoming saints every day. And, like, this prayer, God, this hurts me, but I give it to you, and I lay it at your feet. That's a form of martyrdom. And, like, we can practice that in our living room and in our kitchens and in our cars. And we can become saints, like, through all of this stuff. And I want to um, share um, a quote of St. Therese of Lisieux. I refer back to it a lot this summer. She says... Sanctity lies not in saying beautiful things or thinking them or even feeling them. Sanctity lies in truly being willing to suffer. It is so sweet to serve our Lord in the night of trial. And we have only this life to practice the virtue of faith. I suffer much, but do I suffer well? That is the important thing. I suffer much, but do I suffer well? We've been talking about suffering all semester, right? Suffering within relationships, within families, within ourselves, within our communities, um, within our society, within our world. Um, And suffering is inevitable. And yes, it hurts, and it's ugly sometimes, and it's painful, but it's going to happen, regardless of if you look at it or not. So St. Therese of Lisieux says, I suffer much, but do I suffer well? That is the important thing. Do I allow God into my suffering? As ugly and as painful as it may be, do I allow him to to be there? So, that's kind of my life. And I challenge you, as you go home, um, over the break, to find a saint. Pray for a saint. To be like your buddy. Um, Taylor was saying earlier, like your, your mind is a dangerous neighborhood. You don't want to go there alone. Like, you need a saint to, like, protect you and to, like, be your strength and to pray for you when you're at home and you're like, oh, this is not pretty. 
you know, and it's a lot easier to love my friends. Like, pick a saint, choose a saint, and then pray to pray through them, and allow them to protect you and to keep you, and to be your friend. And that's my story.